Turn with me to John chapter 11 and verse 45. John chapter 11 and verse 45. When you preach a message like this, you probably need to preface it with, I'm not preaching to anybody here. As far as I know, this is not going on in our church. Okay? But, uh, I, you know, and I praise God and I thank God for that. Um, but, you know, the enemy is active. He is at work and he is moving in the lives of people. And he uses people, even God's people sometimes, for his purposes. You remember Jesus, he was, he was standing there with Peter, and Peter just made the great confession. And Jesus said, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed, and he's going to die, and he's going to be raised again. And Peter says, Lord, may it never be to you. And he begins to chide Jesus, and Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You see, even the best of us at times can be used by the evil one, if we're not careful. Um, I, I really believe that this is a whole lot more pervasive than we think. Uh, if you look in the lives of the disciples, you, you see uh, that they are used against one another, right? There's jealousy. You've got, you've got uh, uh, James and John's mother. Who's going to sit on the right and the left of your kingdom? And then the others get mad. What is what, who do they think they are, you know, and, 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 there's, and there's discord. Uh, especially this is the case with the enemies of God. And we know that the enemy is involved in the process that we see here in this chapter because if you go forward a couple of chapters, you find that Satan enters into Judas so that Judas will betray him, that he will deliver Jesus over uh, and he tells them where Jesus is going to be so that they can capture him and, of course, identifies him with a kiss. Satan was behind and working through Judas, and Satan is involved in the whole process. If through Jesus' friend, Judas, then how much more through the wicked opposition of the religious leadership of that day? And we see that. And that's true in our lives. It's true, I believe, sometimes personally for us. The enemy can use us. He can, he can implant a thought in our mind. Maybe it's a thought of jealousy. Maybe it's a word of gospel, whatever the case may be. And uh, he uses us. So we need to be aware that this can happen. Uh, we need to be aware it can happen in our families. I do believe the enemy tries to pit family members against one another. And he will implant a thought. I, I remember when I first became a pastor, uh, uh, my, wife, my wife and I, we never have arguments, just intense fellowship, right? Uh, and so uh, we were having quite a few of those episodes of intense fellowship. And uh, one day, we're, we're driving along in the car, and I mean, we are having some pretty intense fellowship. And all of a sudden, I realized, I don't even know what we're fighting about. And I looked over at her with kind of a puzzled look on my face. I said, I said, I don't know what we're fighting about. Do you? She said, no. And I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, leave this car right now. You see, and the tension left the car. I mean, it was palpable. I could, I could sense a change. 
So uh, if that's true in families, how much more in churches? You know God wants to pit us, or I mean not God, Satan wants to pit us against one another. God wants us to love each other. Uh, And so uh, we need to be aware of that. Well, the chief priests, as they plot against Jesus, we see some of the common ways Satan uses to oppose God's people and how he uses them against one another. And so that's the title of my message, and we need to be alert, be sober, be vigilant, because our adversary, the devil, is going about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But there's good news. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Our God is greater. He has more power in his little finger than all the hosts of hell. That's why they all trembled when Jesus came walking. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'll get get off track. All right. How Satan uses people. And let's begin reading in verse 45 of John chapter 11. Therefore, many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he did believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees convened the Sanhedrin And we're saying, what are we going to do since this man is doing many signs? If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. One of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all. You're not considering that it is to your advantage that one man should die for the people rather than the whole nation perish. He did not say this on his own, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus was going to die for the nation. And not only for the nation, but also to unite the scattered children of God. So from that day on, they plotted to kill him. Jesus, therefore, no longer walked openly among the Jews, but departed from there to a countryside near the wilderness to a town called Ephraim, and he stayed there with the disciples. Now the Jewish Passover was near, and many went up to Jerusalem from the country to purify themselves before the Passover. They were looking for Jesus and asking one another as they stood in the temple, What do you think? He won't come to the festival, will he? The chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should report it so that they could arrest him. How Satan uses people. So how does he do it? Well, first of all, we see that he stirs up trouble. He stirs up trouble. If you look in uh, verse 45, what's happened? Jesus had just performed an amazing miracle. He raised Lazarus from the dead. And many people believed. I mean, there should have been joy and excitement. But look at verse 46. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Now, that may seem innocent on the surface, but you'd have to live in a cave not to know that the Pharisees hated Jesus. You see, these people were not innocent. These people were intentionally stirring up trouble. They knew what was going to happen. They knew the religious leaders. They'd observed it many times. The religious leaders were going to try to stir up trouble for Jesus. They were going to take the good thing that he did and twist it and use it against him. Have you ever seen that happen before? Something good happens 
and somebody takes it and twists it and criticizes it and opposes it and says, we've never done it that way before. So-and-so wouldn't approve of this. And, and they oppose the work of God. You see, what were they doing? They were gossiping against the Lord Jesus Christ. Gossip is a terrible sin. Gossip is when someone intentionally goes around spreading a story to cause trouble for someone else. And what are they doing? They're stirring up this trouble. You know what Proverbs says? Take out the talebearer and the strife ceases. What happens when there's a church fight? The, the tail bearers start to work, right? Maybe a phone call is made. Did you hear what that preacher said? What that deacon said? What that Sunday school teacher said? Well, did you hear what so-and-so said? I can't believe it. And then so, that person goes and calls someone else, and that person calls someone else. Or maybe they have the old uh, informal committee meeting after the service, right? And they're talking about it after the service stirring up through the tales that are spread. Guess what? If nobody told the tale, it would die. And so what are they doing? They are stirring up trouble for Jesus. Now, this is nothing Jesus can't handle. But this is the way the devil operates. You need to recognize that. If there comes into your mind a thought, I'm going to go tell somebody what this person did that I'm so angry at them about, Listen, I want to tell you something. That is from the enemy. What the Bible says is if you're upset at somebody, you need to go to that person and make it right. If it's important enough to tell to somebody else, it's important enough to go to that person and make it right. And if it's not important enough to go to that person and make it right, it's not important enough to share with someone else. Right? So we're, relationships are so important. And God says, if, if your enemy is offended, you go to them. But it also says, uh, if your enemy holds something against you, go and make it right between you and your brother. Relationships are so important to God. And he wants us to live in love and unity as far as it depends upon us. Now, sometimes you, you, know, you can, uh, I used to have a professor who said, he who leads with no one following is just taking a walk. And, uh, you know, you can, you can make an attempt to make a relationship right, but you can't force the other person to respond to your attempts. But as far as it lives with us, we ought to try to live in a right relationship with other people. Beware of the sin of gossip. Gossip hurts not only the person that the words are being spoken against, it hurts the person sharing the words because what are they doing? If they're doing it in the church, they're opposing the purpose of God, which is unity in the church, right? I'm not saying you don't ever address sin. You should address sin. You just need to address it in the right way. Address it according to the way the Bible tells us to address it. But, uh, but gossip is not the way to do it. And so um, the enemy will try to stir up trouble, and one of the ways he does that is gossip. So verse 46 tells us about that. So how does Satan use people? Well, through, through them, he stirs up trouble. He, secondly, brings a problem. Look at verse 47. 
So the chief priests and the Pharisees convened the Sanhedrin and were saying, what are we going to do since this man is doing great signs? Doesn't sound like a problem to me, does it? (laughs) You know, it's amazing what what qualifies as a problem. I remember we had, in a former church, we had some people griping because the kids were putting bubble gum up under the seat of the church. Okay? And and it just, it kind of got all over me, to be honest with you. And, you know, here are these kids, they're lost. They're without Jesus. They need Jesus. And people are worried about bubble gum. Now, we, I understand we need to take care of stuff, but, you know, uh, I told him, I said, if, if one child comes to faith in Christ, they can cover all the, the pews underneath, all the pews with bubble gum, as far as I'm concerned, if they'll come to Christ. But the Pharisees were bringing a problem. What was their problem? He's doing too many signs. There's too many good things happening. Now, they didn't call them good things. This is their problem. It's amazing what becomes a problem for some folks. But, but the, the enemy will sometimes bring a problem. And by the way, it is the natural, appropriate function of leadership to deal with problems. There's nothing wrong with dealing with problems. There's nothing wrong with mentioning problems or addressing problems. But we just need to recognize that when problems occur, many times they are an opportunity for the enemy to work. And some people who bring up problems are not bringing up the problem because they have a genuine concern about the problem. They're bringing up the problem because of something they want to see done or something the enemy has laid upon their heart and convinced them of. Okay, So sometimes a problem becomes an opportunity for the enemy to bring strife and trouble. What were they trying to do? They they wanted to destroy Jesus. So they said, he's doing too many signs. Romans are going to come and destroy this place. And he, he, this, this is terrible that somebody got raised from the dead. This is terrible that somebody once was blind, but now they say, this is terrible that this lame child now is walking. Listen, the problem wasn't with what Jesus was doing. The Romans did come and take away their place, by the way, but it wasn't because of Jesus. It was because they rebelled against the Roman government. Now, Um, the enemy will sometimes use a problem. You know, there are people who will always see the negative in things. Now, God uses us all different ways, but, uh, but you need to be careful. If you tend to be negative, make sure you're not the person who is constantly trying to put cold water on what Jesus is doing, right? I mean... It's amazing. You know, people are reaching kids with the gospel. And there's these words of, of criticism in the background. Well, uh, you know, how much gas are we spending? I remember we, my dad, when, when he was pastoring his first church, there was somebody who, who, uh, who said, uh, why are we going to spend money uh, two weeks in a row to fill the baptistry? Because somebody needs to get baptized. Can you believe that? They're going to criticize spending money on water to baptize somebody. Somebody, some people find anything to criticize. It wasn't a problem. It was something to rejoice over. A soul has been saved. They're not going to hell. They're going to heaven. They've been set free from sin. 
They've been written in the Lamb's book of life. Oh, we can't afford that water for that baptistry. You see, that's what the devil does. He tries to raise up problems that may even not be problems at all. But it's an opportunity to cause trouble and to foster the enemy's agenda to steal, kill, and destroy. Nothing Jesus can't handle, right? Jesus has been dealing with these things from these folks uh, all throughout his ministry. Uh, but, but it is something the enemy will use. So how does Satan use people? Through them, he stirs up trouble. He brings a problem. He exploits our fears. He exploits our fears. Verse 48, the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. Notice that our, our, our. What were they concerned about? That they would lose power. That they would be relieved of their place of leadership by the Romans. Now, Jesus was seeking a spiritual kingdom, not a physical kingdom at this point, right? He was no threat to the Romans. He was just doing good deeds. And yet they say the Romans will come and take away our place. That was a lie. A lie from the pit of hell. The enemy will exploit our fears. What was their main fear? They didn't want to lose their power. The Sanhedrin was the most powerful government force in Judea. Only the Romans were more powerful. They could fulfill any function of, of the enforcement of law except to put somebody to death, which is why they had to take Jesus to Pilate. They had great power. They were the authorities. They were the religious leaders, so they had power over the temple. Uh, that great power, and they were very corrupt. But their greatest fear was the loss of that power. That's one reason they hated Jesus, because he was popular. The crowds were following him, and, and he was doing things they couldn't do. And he was speaking as they'd never heard anyone else speak. And they were filled with jealousy and fear. We might lose our place. Of power. The devil exploits this fear and he uses it to further his purpose, which is to try to silence Jesus. Be careful about the problem of fear. Paul wrote Timothy. He told Timothy, he said, Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You see, Timothy was a pastor, but apparently he had been struggling with a problem of fear. We're not told what he was afraid of. But Paul's saying, look, if there is a paralyzing fear in your life, that doesn't come from God. Okay? God has given us the spirit of love and a sound mind. And so uh, he's counseling Timothy, listen, Take your fears to Jesus. And by the way, when there's a problem, you need to take that to Jesus too, right? <laughs> take it to the Word of God. See what the Word of God says about that problem. Uh, pray about that problem. See what God would, how God would have you to solve it. Um, but take your fears because, listen, 
It is a wonderful thing to have God's peace within. And when you take your fears to the Lord with thanksgiving, your anxieties with thanksgiving, he gives the peace that passes understanding. Now, it, for me, it takes a while. I, you know, I have to go through a process and everything. I tell God what the problem is. I confess my unbelief and confess my bad attitude usually. And I have to, you know, and then I say, oh, yes, Lord, please deal with this problem. But thank you, Lord, that you have answered my prayers in the past. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for all of the times you've been there for me. And before long, faith arises in my heart. And where I was all distraught and afraid or struggling, there's the peace that passes understanding. So the devil will try to exploit our fear. Many times people lash out at other people in anger, not because of necessarily something that person has done, but because of fear. What will somebody think of me? What's going to happen if this takes place? And this fear promotes division. So um, the devil will try to use people by stirring up trouble, by bringing a problem, by exploiting our fear, by telling a lie. The Romans will come and take away our place in our nation. So uh, this, this is the same thing. Uh, but the lie, how do you confront the lies of the enemy? You confront them with God's truth, right? The Word of God. Um, what did Jesus do? Three times the enemy's tempting him. Three times he quotes the Word of God. David says, what time? I am afraid. I will trust in you, right? David had learned that. David had a lot of issues. He, he tells him in the Psalms, you read some of those Psalms, I, I think, man, I'm glad I wasn't David. You're, my enemies surround me on every side. They desire to take my life. They, they plot my demise. Have you ever been in a season of life where someone was against you and they were plotting against your very life? What did David do? He, he went to the Lord with his problem. He cast his cares at the feet of the Lord, and then he lifted his eyes in faith to him. And he said, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. He went to the word of God, and he found the faith and the comfort and the strength that he needed, not only to help deal with fear, but also to correct the lies of the enemy that the enemy was seeking to get him to believe. The enemy is a liar. He is the father of lies. And listen, you need to recognize when you watch television and you're watching the news, a lot of what you're going to hear is a lie. Don't allow the lies of this world to steal your joy. Don't allow what the world says to determine your behavior. Let the Word of God determine your behavior. Let the Word of God be the anchor of your life. Listen, if you're trusting on Washington to, to help you out, you're, you're looking to the wrong place. We need to lift our eyes to the Lord. He is our help and our shield. <laughs> he is our strong tower and our deliverer. He is the God who supplies all my need. So, don't, don't listen to the lies of this world. By the way, you need to understand 
The Bible says that this world is the system of the evil one. He is the God of this age. He's called that in Scripture. God has given him for a season of time some authority in this world, and he uses the culture and he uses the ideas of this world to try to lead people astray. So if you just listen to the culture, listen, you're in serious trouble. It's amazing to me, uh, you know, parents will take their kids to do all these different things and they won't bring them to church. I want to tell you something, that's a dangerous thing. Because what are they going to do? They're going to believe what the culture says. They're not given an alternative. The enemy will lie to your kids. He will lead them down a wrong path. You need to have them in the truth of God's Word. So that's one way Satan uses people. He tells a lie. Sometimes he convinces one person of a lie, and that person is used to speak out that lie to someone else. Um, you know, I have been in, in meetings in, in years past where you would think that God didn't even come into the equation. There is literal despair in a meeting. Listen, as a child of God, you don't ever have to despair. The Lord is with us. <laughs> uh, listen, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, King, we're not going to bow. Our God's able to save us from this furnace. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow. They were trusting in God. And no matter what the situation was, they were able to face it with confidence because their eyes were on the Lord. And they were focusing on the truth of what he had said rather than the lies of this world. Uh, the Bible says the righteous uh, are as bold as a lion, but the wicked flee when no one pursues. You see, uh, that boldness comes from not believing the lies of the enemy. I love that scripture that says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Isn't that great? <laughs> Uh, so, um, the enemy tries to use people by telling a lie. And he told them, listen, the Romans are going to come and take away this place and this nation because of what Jesus is doing. All these good deeds, that the Romans aren't going to like that. <laughs> you know. so, um, so, then, uh, finally, not only does Satan use people uh, by using them to stir up trouble, to bring a problem, to uh, exploits, exploits our fear, tells a lie. But he also presents his strategy. He presents his strategy. And uh, verse 53 sums it up. So from that day on, they plotted to kill him. Before they wanted to kill him. Before they tried to kill him. But now it has become official. The Sanhedrin has met they have an official policy, it's time to kill Jesus, and Caiaphas announces the plan. Now this is, you say, well, I, it, it says that, that he prophesied, so he was speaking about what Jesus was going to do in the future, so isn't that from God? And I would say, yes, but these men are evil men. These men are opposing Jesus. And so the devil is trying to use these men for his purpose. And even as he is using them, God is overruling and using them to speak the truth of what Jesus would come to do, which was to die 
for the sins of the nation and for the world, those of us who would come into the faith uh, through Jesus. And so um, the devil even, I mean, God takes what the devil uses and he works it for good. Listen, if you've been used by the devil, did you know God can use it for good? He did so right here in this passage. Their desire, it was a satanic desire. It was a satanic purpose to kill their own Messiah. But God would use it to do the most amazing, wonderful thing that has ever happened. Jesus died for your sin and for mine so that I could be forgiven. So that I could escape hell and go to heaven. So that I could have my sins blotted out of God's book. So that I could be assured that I am forever adopted into the family of God. That my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. He took the worst the devil could dish out and he used it to accomplish his purpose. Isn't that awesome? Listen, you need to recognize that you could be used by Satan. You need to recognize that others could be used by Satan and kind of have your eyes open to that fact as we've talked about some of these things that the devil generally does. But don't despair about it. God works all things together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. He even can take our sin and use it for his purpose. He didn't want us to sin. He's against, he's against sin, but he will take even our sin and use it for his purpose. It's an amazing thing what our God can do. Hallelujah uh, for his grace. Uh, so, how Satan uses people through them, he stirs up trouble, he brings a problem, he exploits our faith, he tells a lie, he presents his strategy. Don't allow yourself to be used by the enemy. Don't, don't wait when someone else is being used by the enemy to do something. What you need to do is take that immediately to God in prayer. Now, you may need to address it. If there's somebody spreading malicious gossip in the church, you may just need to address it with them and say, what you're doing is not honoring to God. And just, you know, kind of call them out, <laughs> so to speak. Because it is, it's a damaging thing. But, but uh, as God leads you, but you definitely need to pray. Don't just say, well, that somebody's doing what they shouldn't do, okay? Take it to God in prayer. Did you know God can hear your family? And by the way, just a word of counsel, don't tell your spouse that you think the devil's using them, okay? <laughs> now, just, just a word of counsel, okay? If you think that's the case, uh, you pray for them, but don't, uh, don't tell them that. Uh, it will make your, uh, your marriage a little bit better. All right, so, uh, uh, but, but, but recognize it, take it to God in prayer, and then lift your eyes in faith. Because, listen, whatever the enemy may throw at us, God's greater. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? You know, around the world, the 20th century was the worst century of Christian persecution in history. The 21st century now is shaping up uh, to be even worse. But somehow, amazingly, the kingdom of God continues to expand. People continue to get saved. Lives continue to get changed. I, I was watching a couple of years ago... Um, 
I came across this Chinese worship service, okay, on, online. I, don't, I couldn't even tell you how to get to it. But I just kind of happened upon it. And I watched a little bit. I couldn't understand anything they were saying. But it blessed my socks off. I mean, they were filled with the joy of the Lord. They're, they're praising God. The tears are rolling down their face. They're full of joy. And listen, there were people as far as you could see. And I'm going to tell you something. They don't have a friendly government. They're put in jail. They're beaten. Some of them are crippled because of the persecution that they have experienced. But our God is greater The kingdom of God continues to move forward. Don't you let the devil intimidate you. (laughs) You have authority over him in Jesus' name. You lift up the shield of faith. You take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and you throw it at him. And and you trust God to bring you through because he is able. When you don't see the way, he knows the way. When you don't have the power, he has the power. When you don't understand, he sees perfectly. Perfectly. And he is able to take you one step at a time through whatever you're facing. Our God is able. (laughs) So, don't allow yourself to be used by Satan. Pray for those that that may be used by Satan. But then, lift up your eyes in faith and do the work of God. You know what I found? The people that Satan uses generally are people who are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's the people who are trying to reach people for Jesus Christ, the people who are trying to do the work of God. Uh, usually they've got their eyes focused on what they're trying to do. It's the people that, that you know, it's like D.L. Moody uh, had a lady come to him and said, I don't, I don't like the way you're doing Sunday school. He said, well, how are you doing it? She said, well, I'm not. He said, well, then I like the way I'm doing it better than the way you're not doing it. You know, I mean, that's usually the way it works. The people that are not engaged usually are the ones who are criticizing and often used by the enemy. Why? Because they're living in a rebellion against God. They're not using their gifts. They're not using their talents for God. They're not trying to reach people with the gospel. They're inwardly focused instead of outwardly focused. It's all about me. So, also, surrender your life to Christ. The best way to defeat the enemy is to surrender to Christ and to follow him. Take it, take it on offense. Don't just play defense. Uh, God has, has made us more than conquerors through him that loved us. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the fact that uh, though uh, Satan works and and is is trying to come against us and though we're in a spiritual battle father that we're more than conquerors help us trust you in the difficulties and the struggles of life help us pray for those who are being used by the evil one Uh, father help us sometimes to lovingly confront those who are being used by the evil one and, uh, and, and, Lord, let there be a continuing spirit of unity in this church according to your perfect will. Let us be used by you to reach a lost world for Jesus Christ. And we pray in his name.